Want to hear my predictions about the podcasting industry? Coming up on this episode of Podcastification. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. You know, every year, Edison Research comes out with what's called the Infinite Dial. Isn't that a cool name? The Infinite Dial. And what it does is it basically looks at survey data that they have taken up with thousands of people that is trying to gauge how people are using online media. So it has to do with social media, has to do with online audio, which podcasting is included in, has to do with YouTube, video, all of that kind of stuff. And they're trying to understand people's usage habits. They're trying to understand how these various aspects of the media industry are growing. And as I read these from year to year, I see some trends that some people notice, some people don't, some people mention, others comment on. And I just feel like I have some thoughts about this I'd like to share with you because I can see some things about what's happening in the podcasting industry in particular that I think are action points for podcasters like you and me. They're things that show us a little glimpse through the keyhole of what's coming so that we can prepare ourselves and get ourselves and our podcasts positioned in a way that we will be better off in the future. So let's dig in. I'm not necessarily going to go through the infinite dial results slide by slide or point by point. Instead, what I'm going to do is include that in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at podcastfasttrack.com slash 97 or in the description link for this episode on your podcast player. But I'm just going to pull out some of the stats and tell you some of the things that I predict is going to happen or continue to happen in some cases in the podcasting space. And then I'm going to give you my advice about what I think you should be doing right now to prepare for some of these things that I'm predicting. Now, first of all, some of these predictions, I will admit, are not rocket science. They're things that anybody can see, but I want to draw them to your attention so that you can be aware of them. Now, first of all, my first prediction is that more and more people are going to begin listening to podcasts. Right now, the Infinite Dial survey shows that 64% of people who were surveyed are now familiar with the idea or the term of podcasting. So that's up from previous years. And we can all see that you can't really participate in something if you don't know that it exists. And so 64% means a majority of the American public now knows what a podcast is, understands basically what it means. Now, my 
parents who are 90 and 94 still ask me every time that I meet with them, uh, what is it that you do? And I still have had a hard time explaining exactly what it is, even when I say it's just like a radio show on the internet or something like that, you know, using terms they'd be familiar with. They still don't get it. And that's fine. They don't need to get it because they probably would never listen to a podcast in their lives. But the point is more and more people are listening. Now, 26% of people say they're listening to podcasts monthly. So my prediction is that those numbers are going to continue to grow. I would not at all be surprised if the day comes maybe five years from now, 10 years from now, when there are 90 to 95% of the population not only aware of what podcasting is, but who actively listen to podcasts on a regular basis. Because I think the more and more exposure we see for podcasting, for example, there are movies now that are mentioning podcasting, there are TV shows that have characters who are podcasters, there are advertisements on TV for certain podcasts, just the more that kind of stuff happens, the better it is for all of us because people will become more and more aware of the fact that this thing called a podcast exists. They might slip into Apple Podcasts or some other podcast directory and do some searching for topics that they're interested in. And lo and behold, they may find your podcast if you've got it optimized well and you are there in the, the search results. So this is only a good thing for us. It's a good thing all the way around. Now, I predict also that smartphone usage and related portable devices, whatever technology may arise in the future, whether it's integrated technology in a, in a cyborgy kind of way, you know, where it's integrated into your body, where you can, you know, use this tech uh, some way. I hope that kind of stuff doesn't happen. But if it does, I believe it's going to make podcasting just more and more available. Right now, 83% of people use a smartphone on a regular basis. And 69% of people who listen to podcasts do so on a mobile device primarily. So that's huge. That's huge. And we're going to get to this in just a moment. Pandora is the most listened to audio platform on those devices, according to the infinite dial. Now, I've never been a fan of Pandora. I hate it when I make a, a playlist of a certain kind of band and they throw bands in there that are nothing like what I'm listening to. But, you know, that's how the Pandora platform works. And I just haven't taken to it. But many people have, obviously, because it is the highest ranked audio platform in the world right now. And the thing about it is this, Pandora's CEO has announced that they are working on what he calls the podcast genome project. So integrating podcasts into Pandora along the same line as what happens with music, where you set up a channel for a certain podcast and it pulls in content from other similarly themed podcasts. Now, Pandora already has some podcasts on their platform, such as Serial, the famous podcast that is starting up at season two now. They have an exclusive distribution right with Pandora right now. So Pandora is growing. Pandora is tipping their toe into the podcasting waters, so to speak. And I think that's something we got to watch. Because if there comes a time, and I think there will, when Pandora allows all of us hobbyist, independent podcasters to get into their app. That is something I think we should do. And I think we should be ready for when the time comes. Now, here I am getting into recommendations already, and I was going to save all that advice to the end. So shut up. Here we go. Back to my points on predictions. Uh, I believe that smart speakers are going to continue to grow in popularity. You know what I'm talking about. Amazon Alexa 
and Google Home. Those are just some examples of the smart speakers. Smart speaker ownership has gone up to 18%. And here's an interesting piece of data. That growth is happening at a faster rate than smartphones did. So think that through. If smart speakers continue to grow at this fast rate, then it's imperative that we as podcasters get our podcasts into the smart speaker ecosystem. I know Libsyn is working on a way that their customers can get what's called an Alexa skill created for them to get certain keywords affiliated with your podcast so people can say, Alexa, play whatever your keyword is, and it would begin playing your podcast. So keep your ears and your eyes open for those opportunities. Now, there are ways you can go into that Amazon ecosystem right now and create your own Alexa skill. I know people are doing it. I know there's podcasts that have done it, but I think services like Libsyn are trying to come up with easier ways to make that happen because if you have a coding background or some kind of coding skill, that whole Amazon thing is going to be much easier for you if you're trying to take it on in your own. But services like Libsyn can make that easier for all of us. So check with your media hosts, see if there are ways that you can get into that smart speaker ecosystem, because it's only going to make it easier for your listeners to listen to your podcast if you're available in there. Now, here's another prediction that I have. What they call share of ear is going to become more competitive for everyone. Now, what share of ear means is among all the different platforms and media outlets, we kind of have to share the ears of all the people who are listening. So the audience, we have to share that audience. And each platform has a certain percentage that is its share of ear. So out of all the people who are listening, what percentage are listening to your show? Now, the point I'm making here is that I believe it's going to become more and more competitive. It's going to become harder and harder for individual podcasts and podcasters to gain the attention and the ear share, so to speak, of the people who are out there listening. Because just think about something like Netflix. You know, when you scroll through the Netflix directory of movies you can watch, the more movies there are there to choose from, the less likely you're going to choose one particular movie because the competition is bigger. There's more things to catch your eye. There's more things to draw your attention away from that one particular movie. So that share of ear is going to happen the same way in podcasting. The more podcasts that are added to Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Google Play and Spotify, the more difficult it's going to be for you and your podcast to stand out and actually gain the listeners that you're seeking to gain. That means, here's my next prediction, it's going to become more competitive, especially for businesses, because businesses are trying to make money off this thing called podcasting. They're trying to create revenue and businesses are going to find it more and more difficult because as some businesses do make money, they're going to invest that money back into the things that will make their podcast more attractive and more easily found by people who are looking for a podcast to listen to. So just like in the commercial space, just like in TV, just like in radio, the people with the money are the ones who are going to be able to invest in the things it takes to make a podcast stand out. So for businesses, it's going to become more and more competitive as the space becomes more and more crowded. However, there is a silver lining behind this dark cloud that I'm painting, 
and this is my prediction. I've not heard many people say this, but I think that niche and hobby podcasters are actually not going to experience that same degree of competitiveness. And that's because a niche or hobby focus is still going to have the advantage of appealing to a very specific set of listeners, people who are looking for the exact topics that you are podcasting about are not typically interested in the broader range topics that the majority of culture is. Now, it doesn't mean they're not and that they won't listen to those shows, but they have this passion. They have this deep-seated interest in what you have to speak about. So if you're doing a good job with your show and they enjoy the way that you present the material, you can count on your niche podcast continuing to build an audience, I believe, at a much easier and better rate than those who are podcasting about broader business type topics, if that makes sense to you. You see, for example, entrepreneurism and online business is becoming more and more of a crowded field. But if you can niche in within that field, such as focusing on women entrepreneurs or black entrepreneurs or immigrant entrepreneurs or some other such specific niche audience, I believe you're going to have a better chance of pulling in the exact people that you are trying to speak to. And what is more, that will be more profitable for you because those people are going to be looking exactly for what you have to offer. So they're going to be more willing to pay for it because finally I've found exactly what I'm looking for. You see what I'm saying? That niche thing is a big deal. And I'm going to give you some advice about what I think you should do with that here in a moment. Now, some other predictions that I have is that the tech, the technology behind podcasting and that enables podcasting will undoubtedly change as time goes on. I think there will be changes to stats and the way stats are recorded and reported. I think there will be changes to the podcasting platforms in terms of new and better technologies. I'm honestly surprised that the good old RSS feed has lasted as long as it has and still seems to be the best way to distribute podcasts and related sorts of materials like blogs to people. You know, that push notification that goes right to your phone comes through that RSS, that really simple syndication feed. It's a pretty old technology in terms of lifespan, but it still is very functional. But I suspect in time, that's going to change. So stats are going to change. Platforms are going to change. Creation methods are going to change. So just as you see new methods of recording a podcast showing up, apps that can do it all in one and allow for editing and all that kind of stuff, which I still think is a little glitchy at this point. Those things are going to be improved as time goes on. And those opportunities and options are going to become more prevalent. So there are going to be different creation methods, different workflows and ways of creating podcasts. And I think eventually, which will be a difficult thing for businesses like mine that produce show notes, I think the day is coming when we will be able to search audio files like we search text files. I mean, right now, the internet is all based on text search. You have to put in keywords, type them in manually, you know, letters on a page that you have to type in to search for a topic. But I think the day's coming when you will either be able to speak in a search query or type in a search query 
and Google and other search engines, maybe even Apple Podcasts, will then have the technology to search an actual audio file that is linked to a web page, such as a podcast episode, and scan through that audio quickly to see if those certain keywords or topics are addressed in that audio file. I really do believe that day's coming. It's not so far off, actually. So that kind of thing is going to change a business like mine that puts so much emphasis right now on the SEO value of the show notes that we're creating. Now, I think there will still be SEO value for show notes. It's not that audio search is going to make it go away. It's just going to mean that not everyone's going to be searching via text anymore. Some will be searching through audio. But I believe even then, the show notes piece is going to be vital because it's one more way that you can stand out from the crowd besides just the audio search when and if that day comes. So you understand what I'm saying. The tech is going to change and we as podcasters need to stay abreast of those things. So that's advice. I'm going to come back to the advice here in a minute. I believe also in the future, more and more advertisers are going to get on board the podcast train. And let me explain to you why. Right now, it has been demonstrated that the host-read advertising that you hear in many podcasts, like the Tim Ferriss Show or something like that, where the host reads the actual advertisement and gives their experience, those are the most effective of all the advertising that is inserted into podcasts at this point. I believe more and more advertisers are going to realize what a value podcasting is for the same reason that people are discovering that Facebook advertising is powerful. Let me explain what I mean. In Facebook advertising, if you didn't know this, you can set up a Facebook advertising account through your normal Facebook account, and you can use all the data that Facebook has gathered on its users to drill into all the possible people you could advertise on Facebook and get your particular ad exactly in front of the people who you think are most likely to use the product or service that you're advertising. So for example, say that you're advertising an underwater basket weaving course. You can use the Facebook algorithms and data to find people who have expressed interest in underwater basket weaving. Maybe they're part of underwater basket weaving groups on Facebook. Maybe they follow certain personalities who are into underwater basket weaving. You can drill in and get your ad in front of those very people and those very people only. I think podcast advertising is very much the same because advertisers are going to start to realize more and more, while some already have, there will be more who recognize that podcasts reach a very specific niche audience. This is back to that niche issue that I mentioned before. Advertisers, let's stick with the same illustration, who are into underwater basket weaving supplies and want to promote their supplies to people interested in underwater basket weaving are going to wise up and they're going to realize, hey, I can go find podcasts that are about underwater basket weaving and appeal specifically to underwater basket weavers. And I can strike a deal with that podcaster to get my supplies featured on that particular podcast on a regular basis, because that's exactly the audience that I know will buy my sorts of supplies. You see what I'm saying? More and more advertisers are going to realize that. And they're going to realize that rather than putting their advertisements on radio and sending it out to tens of thousands of people who will never buy their product, 
they can pay actually less money and get their advertising onto a podcast that goes to only people who will buy their product. Do you see what I'm saying? Advertisers are going to get this very soon and they're going to be getting on board. So they're going to want to know that the people who are producing podcasts in the niche that they deal with are doing number one, an excellent show or are reaching a good audience. They're going to want to know stats. They're going to know all that stuff. So when we get to the advice, I'm going to tell you what you should do about those kinds of things. Now, the final prediction that I have is not really a prediction. It's just a question, I guess. I hear people sometimes talk about the long arm of Uncle Sam or various governments. And is there going to come a time when governments step in, like the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, steps in and tries to regulate and establish rules surrounding podcasting? I mean, the recent net neutrality laws is part of this whole debate. The question is, is there ever going to be a time where the government actually does that and we lose our freedom and our independence when it comes to producing podcasts? You know, that's something that I don't really know an answer to. Of course, I don't have a crystal ball and don't know the future. God hasn't told me what's going to happen in that regard. I tend to be an optimist in these things. And I feel like once something like podcasting gets rolling with so much momentum as it has, it's going to be very difficult for the government to shut it down. I mean, just look at prohibition. Not that, you know, I am an advocate for or against prohibition. What I'm saying is, in that case, it was something that was already rolling. The whole alcohol industry was already rolling. And the move toward prohibition, though the government did step in and regulate as best they could, they couldn't keep it going. They found that they had to repeal it just because popular sentiment was against it so strongly. You see, I think the same sort of thing would likely happen in podcasting. Now, again, I don't know the future. Could the government step in and try to take on podcasting in a in a way that's more restrictive or has more requirements or requires fees and all that kinds of stuff to people who want to broadcast? I don't know. But the optimist in me says, I don't think so. I think there may be things that come up that make us have to modify the way that we go about our podcasting. But I think the general ability that we have to keep producing content and pushing it out to our following is still going to be there. Now, this whole net neutrality thing makes that an iffy sort of a question. So I would encourage you to stay abreast of those kinds of things. So let's move into the section on my advice. The things I think we as podcasters should be aware of and should be doing right now to prepare for these things that I believe are coming in the future. We will be back with the rest of the episode in just a moment. You know, I came up with the idea for Podcast Fast Track because I was just like most podcasters. I was so sick of the podcast time suck. Man, it takes a long time to put this thing together really well. And that's why the Podcast Fast Track team exists to save you from the podcast time suck. Hey, if you go to podcastfasttrack.com, We'll give you a show-specific pricing, and when you're asked if you have a discount code, just mention the Podcast Vacation Podcast, and we'll give you 15% off your subscription for life. Man, now that's a deal. Let's get back to the episode. Number one, I think that all of us need to increase our production value. Now, what I mean by production value is the quality of our audio, the quality of our show notes the quality of the resources that we provide to our listeners. We need to think that thing through and amplify 
everything we're doing, make it higher quality, make it better because the competition is getting to be so thick. We need to do everything we can to stand out. And those production values are a huge part of it. If you notice shows like Serial and shows like Gimlet Media is putting out are all received very well because they're produced so stinking well. They're fun to listen to. There's a great sense of enjoyment that comes from listening to many of those shows. Now, there are also some of them that are done with great production value and don't last beyond one season because the concept behind the show or the execution of the concept just really stunk. There were a few that Gimlet's done that I felt that way about. So there's really two points here. Number one, we need the higher production value in order to stand out. But underlying that is this premise. If you're doing higher production value, but your content really stinks or has nothing unique about it that people actually want to listen to, you might as well save your efforts. So make sure your content is great and that your approach to your topic is something that's unique. And we're going to get to that in just a moment, but also make sure your production values are high. Make sure you're doing the very best at this podcasting thing that you possibly can. That might mean you have to invest some funds. You have to invest some resources. You have to do the things necessary to pull off the podcasting thing in the professional manner that you want to do. You know, there's a lot of people out there who say the beauty of podcasting is that you don't have to do all that stuff. And I totally agree. You don't have to. But I think as the space gets more and more crowded, it's Sadly, those podcasters who invest the time, the energy, and the money in increasing their production value, who are going to stand out and who are going to be the ones who become the name in their space that listeners go to for the topics that they talk about. Now, closely tied to that piece of advice is this one. I think we need to improve on the things that we already know help us stand out in our particular niche. Things like cover art that catches the eye and that is clear. Cover art that compels people to click and see what your show is about. If you have to hire a professional designer to create cover art that will get people to click on it and find out about your show, man, it is worth every penny. Because in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or any of the places that you go to search for podcasts, that cover art image is tiny. And if it's not done well, it doesn't appeal to the eye and it doesn't even catch the attention of prospective listeners. So I would encourage you make that cover art pop, make the title of your show pop, make it something clear and descriptive of what it is you talk about. Not only that, but those titles also factor in heavily when it comes to search, when people are searching for the things that they're wanting to listen to. You can hear my previous episode about that back on episode 90 of Podcastification, which you can find at podcastfasttrack.com slash 90. But suffice it to say that we already know quite a few things that will help our podcasts improve and gain an audience right now. We should do that. And that leads to my next piece of advice. Leverage your current audience. Leverage them. Ask for people to share your show with people they know who are interested in your topic. Do it in the audio of your episodes. Do it every single episode. Make it a repetitive call to action. Asking your already dedicated listening audience to participate with you in helping others find out about your show. Because 
if you are building the kind of community you should be building through creating great content and being generous in the way you deliver it and compelling and entertaining, you should have an audience who's perfectly willing to help you spread the good news of what you're doing because they are receiving value from it already. And they know people who are interested in the same topics and will share it as well. So ask, man, ask your audience to share your episode and do it in a repeated fashion because the consistent repetition is what gets it into people's minds and prompts them to continue helping you promote. And they actually become an advocate for your show. Now, this leads me to something else I'm going to suggest, and it may be I'm going to use a term here that you're not familiar with, but I think that every one of us who's podcasting needs to do the hard work of refining our podcast version of a good USP. Now, USP stands for Unique Selling Proposition. It's a big word in the sales and marketing industry. And what it means is this, what makes you different from everybody else who's podcasting about the things you podcast about? I think a great example is interview style podcasts. I would venture to say 60 to 70% of podcasts out there are interview style podcasts. And in my opinion, 80 to 90% of those are exactly the same as the one before. They ask the same questions. They always follow the same format. There's nothing unique about it. So I'm getting to where I don't listen to interview podcasts very much unless the person being interviewed is somebody I really want to learn from. And you see, I think that's an example just from my own experience of how we've got to refine our unique selling proposition. What is it about our show that is so unique, so compelling, so different, such a fresh spin that it compels people to listen to us instead of someone else? And that really is the question. Why would someone listen to your show instead of your competitor's show? You need to be very clear about that before your audience will be. Because when you are clear about that, you'll be able to design your show and craft your show in a way that magnifies those things, that makes them even more compelling and more obvious to anybody who happens upon your show and listens for the first time. So work really hard to refine that unique selling proposition for your podcast. What is it? That makes your show something that your ideal listener will want to listen to you instead of your competitor. And then my next piece of advice, once you've got that USP down, niche down, get into the niche. The more specific your audience is, the better it's going to be for your podcast in terms of gathering a following and in terms of appealing to the people who are interested in the topics that you speak about. To me, that's just common sense. If you speak about underwater basket weaving, do the things that will make it clear that you only speak about underwater basket weaving. And in fact, you're so crazily rabid about underwater basket weaving, you talk about all these extreme things that have to do with underwater basket weaving. I mean, you see what I'm saying? If you're going to appeal to a niche, man, really go after that niche. Get into the minutiae of what people interested in that topic are going to be drawn by and interested in, in hearing about so that you can build an audience of people who are very, very committed to hearing the content that you're producing week after week or month after month, whatever your publication schedule is. The more specific your audience is, the greater advantages you're going to have 
for your podcast and for any monetization you might do in that area. Now, as we've talked about this, let me just make a little caveat here about building an audience. I have clients and new clients all the time who are a little discouraged about their download numbers. And they'll talk about, oh, I've only got 150 downloads on my episodes on average. You know, that's not very much. Well, you know, compared to some of the numbers that you hear, you know, thousands per episode or whatever. No, that's not very much, but that's not what you need to be looking at. You need to be realizing, especially if you're in a niche area, you're going to have less listeners just because less people are interested in your topic. But the latest stats I heard from Rob Walsh of Libsyn, which by the way, Libsyn has a great podcast called The Feed. Look up Libsyn, The Feed, and you'll find it. They talk about stats on every episode right toward the end. The latest I heard was that just over 115 downloads per episode is the median average for all the podcasts in iTunes. Now, median throws out the top and it throws out the bottom and then it you know, weights it during the first 30 days of publication. So 115, that's the average. So if you're above 115, you're doing really well. If you're below 115, it may not necessarily mean that you're doing badly. It may just mean you have some things to refine. Now, having said that, let's think about it this way as well. What would you give to have 100 people in a room that you could stand in front of and tell exactly the things that you talk about on your podcast? What would that be worth to you? You see, when you think about it as individual people all seated in one room, that sounds a lot more significant. That sounds a lot more important. And here's the thing. You get that privilege week after week after week to talk to those people specifically, personally about your topic. And even if it's only 30 people or 20 people, man, you got 20 people who are a captive audience and who are listening to what you have to say. I think that's great. I think it's a great place to start. And I think you always will have the opportunity to build on that as you go with your podcast. Now, one last piece of advice I have here, and we're going to wrap up this episode. And that is we podcasters need to keep abreast of the changes and the opportunities that are happening in the podcasting space. And there are a lot of ways you can do this. I would encourage you just subscribe to podcastification, this podcast, because I'm going to keep abreast of these things. I'm going to mention things to you as they happen. And one of those things I've already mentioned, but I just want to put it on your radar again, is this whole Pandora's podcast genome project. The reason I think it's a big deal is because more people listen to Pandora on a monthly basis than listen to anything else. Spotify, Player FM, iTunes, any of those. So keep that in mind as you start hearing about this podcast genome project that Pandora is working on. Because when the day comes that we podcasters are able to get into that on a widespread basis, that's something we should jump on right away. Because if you do a niche podcast and someone who listens to Pandora creates a channel about that particular niche topic, no doubt your episodes are going to pop up in that particular channel. It's going to be a great way to be discovered eventually by those people who are interested in the very things you talk about. So Pandora is a great example of how we need to keep abreast of the changes and watch for the opportunities that are out there, the Alexa skills and, and the Google Home smart speakers. All those things are another example. We podcasters need to stay abreast of all the changes that are happening. So that is my set of predictions for the future of podcasting and some advice to go along with 
all these kinds of things. I'm very curious, what sort of things do you see coming down the pike when it comes to podcasting and its future? What are the things that you draw out of the Infinite Dial Report, by the way, which you can see in the show notes for this episode at podcastfasttrack.com slash 97, or you can find a link to them in the show notes right there on your podcast player. What is it that you see in the Infinite Dial Report? What are the trends? What are the things that you think indicate something for podcasting that I didn't speak about? Let me know. Email me, Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y at podcastfasttrack.com or on the show notes page or in the app, you can find a link to leave me a voice message. I'd love to include your melodious voice on the next episode. Well, that's it for this episode. You know what time it is. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Thank <music> you.